Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is the Let's Do the Right Thing podcast, curated and presented by Adam Hopkinson. Hello and welcome to the LDTRT podcast, Let's Do the Right Thing. A podcast helping you see where industry leaders and legends have started in their career and maybe taken a new direction and along the way have done the right thing. Today I'll be talking with Katie Jones and asking specifically about her journey to date. The thing that comes up for me time and time again, and I used to struggle with it a lot as a younger person, but wanting to get everything perfect and... It doesn't have to be. It's, it's most important just to get shit done. Oh God, am I allowed to swear? So we are. We're not going on radio. <laughs> I'm Adam Hopkinson, the host of this podcast, the founder of LDTRT. For those of you who don't know us, we're a specialist consultancy set to transform business by delivering best practice and excellence in the world of digital media. We also have a passion for blockchain. We have a couple of thanks to give straight off the bat. Um, it's been a delight working with Radio Work to get this project running, and it wouldn't have happened without them. I also have to thank James Carey for the music. My brief of making it sound like Slayer was wisely well, worked around. And of course, to Katie, who supported this idea. Thanks to you all. So welcome. And here I have Katie Jones, who through the transparency of Beeswax, brings clarity to programmatic media buying. Also through Women Present, a platform connecting exceptional women to audiences, and indeed Bloom, um, the network for women in communications. Katie, you're very much doing the right thing for everybody you work with, and it's a delight to have you here today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to go off with a bit of a weird question to start with, um, and it may show how nerdy I have become over the years, but I found myself watching a lot of YouTube lately, and things like PBS Space Time, uh, John Paul Godier, and indeed Physics Girls are among my favourites. What got you started with the Institute of Physics Publishing? And was it an interest that you had or still have? Um, yes, I think I've always loved physics. Um, it's a bit of a geeky one and, and things that you don't admit to very much. I've always been interested in, in sort of how things work and why things work. And that's kind of the, the crux at the, of the heart of, of what physics is trying to solve. Um, but I did sort of fall into my career there. I, um, I studied languages. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Went to do a, a year in Paris working for a law firm. Figured out I didn't want to be a lawyer. But while I was there, I was actually building their intranet site for them. I thought I was going to go and be a paralegal. Turned up and they're like, actually, will you translate and rebuild our intranet site? Discovered the internet. This is aging me a little bit. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, built their intranet site and decided that I wanted a career where I could use my language languages use um, the internet 
and uh, and came upon the world of advertising, which kind of brought the two together. Amazing. And I, I think you can see it in my face. I'm, I'm quite stunned by that because my journey was very similar. I was doing a neuroscience PhD at the University of Birmingham, and I got more interested and excited about building their website. So I did that, and that took me to a, a weird little fascination of being able to influence people's lives from a given point and drew me to media and then came down to London and started working in the industry. Wow. There we go. We similar paths. <laughs> Who it knew? Is. And I think it's um, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting that there's um, there's the sort of the world that you know, and then there's new things come along, and I think it's really important to be open and and curious about that, and that's. Um, that's why you know, like the internet wasn't a thing when I when I was growing up. You know, you couldn't. That wasn't a job. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly, it it is. For, it turned uh, into a job lots indeed lots of people for us all. And thank you very much, the internet, for for doing that. Um, did you did you see immediately a potential for the internet to be a like a paid for advertising medium? Um, I think initially I was most interested oh this sounds really wanky but in like the democratization of content like information just being available for everyone was something like quite new and is still quite exciting where it's where it's done right so wh where did you start seeing that there was an issue in the, the ecosystem in digital advertising and and how did you point yourself at kind of putting it right um i think i've always been privileged to work for companies who i think were doing the right thing um, and I think that's something you know going back to um, you know my early days running campaigns you know on right media at Yahoo you know we were it was really exciting to figure out what does optimization mean you know I was effectively working with what you'd call a trader now but again it hadn't really been defined no one really knew what you know we we're all just muddling along and it's you know, someone, it took um, took someone to point out to me that, you know, optimization is just doing more of the stuff that's working and less <laughs> of the stuff that's not. And I think that's that's where I first saw that real opportunity of matching content to what people were really interested in and being able to track how they reacted and responded to that content and then finding more people like them with those same interests that you could get a better um, a better understanding of of how of that correlation and, and effectively improve people's experiences through that. Um, I think where I've felt that there was a company that wasn't doing the right thing, that wasn't operating transparently or so on, it's it's something that I've never I've not moved towards in my career. And is is that what attracted you to beeswax? Yeah, so I think the um the idea of beeswax is effectively giving control back to people who need it, that, that full transparency of what's going on in the ecosystem, being able to, and it sounds really technical and geeky, but being able to build your own algorithm um, is effectively the, the, the sort of pinnacle of that. So that if you're, you're able to learn what users are interested in, in your content and, and your products and how they're going to react to that, focusing um, your optimization activities on your customers and not on other people's, other competitors' customers, because if you're using a, a legacy DSP, if you're using one-size-fits-all technology, that optimization layer runs across the entire DSP. So even if you've got, you know, data, data partitioning and, and so on, your campaign is informing the algorithm, and then that algorithm is used on other people's campaigns. And so ultimately, you don't have the right level of, of transparency and, and control 
in my view, for for the future. You know, it's been it's been great to get we, us where we are today, but you know, just because it got us here doesn't mean it's going to get us into the future. Okay, very fair. So control back to the people who need it. Yeah, I think it's really important, and and then also, you know, full transparency. There's been there's been a lot of. Um, you know, industry chat recently about um, um, with people's results coming out about, you know, margin and, and where people are making money. Um, Beeswax doesn't operate on a percentage of media model. And that was one of the, the key draws for me there. We charge really fairly. Right now, if you go out and you buy an impression at a dollar or you go and buy, you know, an MPU at a dollar, you go and buy an MPU at $50, you're going to pay your DSP a percentage of media. Um that's not fair. It costs us exactly the same amount of money to serve a $1 MPU as it costs us to serve a $50 MPU. Why would you pay a percentage of media for that? Um, and so, it's, so it's cost per queries that you run out, is that right? It's, um, it's, it's a fixed monthly fee based on the oh, volume right. of bid requests you want your okay. bidder to be able to handle, yeah, the, the queries per second, the QPS. So you tell us how many bid requests you want to be able to look at and we bill you based on, on that model. So for me, it's... It's that fairness that that brings. It's a fair price. That's what costs the DSP money. It's why, you know, it's very expensive to run the DSP business because, you you know, especially with header bidding, you're seeing a lot of those impressions over and over again. There's a lot of bid requests to listen to. Um, rather than trying to charge a percentage, rather than having additional fees or, you know, hidden margins, charging a fair fixed monthly fee really really appealed to me because it speaks to integrity. Yeah. There's a lot of folks on the team, um, um, uh, and I hate to, to bring it to, to gender, but you know a lot of the guys will be like, yeah, it's disruptive pricing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's not how I think about it. In my head, it's just, it's about that fairness. It's about doing the, you know, having the right pricing model. Can I say doing the right well, thing? You can, you can say it as many times as you like, anymore. thank you. I'm going to edit it and share it everywhere. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, we'll come to gender in a minute, but I do, I do feel that you're ahead of the game with the way that you're positioning yourself, and indeed the services that you've been delivering via beeswax and other roles that you've had. How do you think the industry is going to catch up? And do you do you think it do you think it actually wants to? Ooh, that last question's a tricky one. Mm. Um, I think it's. Um, I think broadly it has to. Um, you know, with everything else going on, the world is getting smarter. People are getting um, better, you know, educated. We have better experience. The industry is maturing. Um, the people who, with the money, you know, brands at the end, ultimately are the ones who, who control this and they want to understand who they're paying what for through the value chain. Is it really a value chain mm. or is it a tax? And, um, and I think with that, light on I think it will change because it will have to change um, but I don't think it will change overnight. Do you think it's a regulation thing? Do we um, need somebody to come in and step in and make proper rules? Um, I'm not opposed to that idea no, but I either. think um, I'd like to hope and believe in, in, we, can do it in we can do it ourselves um, but it will only come if, if you know if we're all asking the right questions of all of our providers you know it's, it's great to see people you know, have earnings releases where they're making 20% and you can sit in your corner and really happily say, oh, well, I'm only paying 10, so uh, I'm getting a good deal. Um, but it takes people to, to bravely sort of unpeel the layers of the onion and look into that to understand, well, are you actually really paying 10 or are you paying more like 
18, yeah. 20, um, but just not maybe realising it. So I think it's, you know, there's been a, 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 gosh, going back five, six years, you have a lot of clients who will, um, and brands who will be receiving full reports, but I can probably count on one hand the number of conversations I've had with brands where they're actually opening those reports, looking at them yes. and asking meaningful questions about that. And, I th- and they're delivered in a reasonable time as well to be able to do something about it. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I think I think the insight and information is all there. What it, what it will take is um, people, you know, digging digging through it, unpeeling the onion and, and finding out what's in the middle. You've said, that, said it twice, my favourite phrase that's used in advertising, peeling back the layers of the onion. <laughs> yeah, just don't cry too much as you do. <laughs> Try not to cry. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a tack differently now because you, you did mention bring it back to gender, and you're doing a couple of things with um, women groups, um, which is fantastic. So, I mean, when did you realise that there was a a need for businesses to dress equality? And actually, specifically, what brought you to representing women as a group? Um, I think I mean, we've known each other for a little while. Um, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty forthright. I wouldn't say outspoken, but I'm generally not, um, not frightened to to speak my mind. And um, I think I had a a sort of wake up moment in my career where I feel I couldn't, I, I wasn't able to be my true self and, and bring myself to the table and share my experience. And it was at that point when I realised, well, hang on, I'm in a very um, fortunate position, I'm a you know a woman who'd got to a certain level of seniority, and I was able to perhaps do something about it. So the the first thing I, I did was um, I, I sought out a um, a network to join to feel that I did have a group of you know sort of like minded <laughs> supporters who I could turn to, and that's really what I was um, amazingly fortunate to find in in Bloom. Um, a group of women who really want to change the world and help everyone to achieve their potential within this industry, and um, and so that was the sort of my first um, foray into that sort of gender diversity space. Um, women present about women present. I can't really take uh, take full credit for it. Came up so. Uh, a friend of both of us. Take full credit for it. I'll just, I'll just, we'll edit it out. <laughs> so, a um, friend of both of us, Tom Jennan, oh, yes. um, was at an event and posted something on LinkedIn about, you know, how the, um, you know, the the panel wasn't very diverse, and he knew women who would be better equipped to speak on the subject. And I think I, I, I sort of trolled Tom a bit. I said, well, that's, you know, it's all very noble, but it's not very scalable. <laughs> um, you know, we work in a business that is, is trying to solve problems at scale. And um, so Tom and I met up for a coffee. I said I really wanted to help. And um, we've sort of tried to figure out what does a, a scalable process look like that can make meaningful difference and um, having um, Ruth Zora come on board was a, an incredibly helpful Ruth has been a, a powerhouse for driving that forward um, and then our partners in the US as well so we have we brought in Susan to um, to also support from New York and so it's sort of grown from there and um, it's quite an in- interesting to see something you know, take on a, a life of its own. And, and as you have more people coming on board, you lose some of that initial um, sort of p- 
power and and that some of that initial creativity with it all being on your shoulders you know I built the website one rainy weekend <laughs> um, but it's staying true to yourself <laughs> but it's it's really then interesting to have more people coming in and feeding in their perspectives and actually I think you get a you get a better end product that Fantastic. way well again I mean I did say a minute ago that I felt that you're ahead of the time um with the way that you've taken your career but again you know as I'll say it once again that you're ahead of the game and ahead of the time thinking about this and representing women and pushing women forward and and doing the right thing I mean, if we go back only a few years I don't think it was on anybody's agenda it is now which is fantastic do you think it's going to be do you think it'll become a non-issue in that there has been we do reach equality I really hope so yes and I think within a 10-year framework that really ought to be possible. I think if you go back 10 years, people were talking about okay. it. And I think it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't in as, the mainstream okay. or as or as prolific. Um, I think a few things have changed. Having the, the numbers and the financial business sense um, to back up what people sort of know ethically in their hearts is right is, um, is probably really helpful because I think that enables people who maybe... Um, even if you don't feel it from an ethical perspective, you feel it in your wallet. (laughs) So um, there can be lots and lots of reasons for wanting to do the right thing, you know, just because it's, you know, the right thing ethically is is important. But if it's the right thing for your business as well, um, that's even even more important. Well, not necessarily even more important, but it's potentially equally important to to different people. And so I think... um, I don't know that I, I don't feel that I speak for women. I just feel like I speak for people wanting to... Do the right thing. Yes, because it's as much about men having um, the same opportunities as well, um, whether that's in terms of, you know, access to parental leave, um, being able to talk about their feelings. Yeah. Um, all of those sort of things are, are equally important. It, it's not an issue that only impacts women. Are you quite right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
Did you find a mentor in your career, somebody that helped you and advised you and got you thinking about the things that you wanted to solve? Um, I think there've been lots of people who've been really influential on my career and, and helping to, to draw out the best parts of me. Um, at Yahoo, I was fortunate enough to work with Nick Hugh, who's now over at The Telegraph. And, um, I mean, Nick's an amazing uh, man, utterly terrifying at the same time. <laughs> and um, and I think um, uh, from but he did instill in me a real confidence that I could... Um, make a difference um, both you know in a in a work environment and then also outside of that with with causes that I I I feel strongly about and I think um, it was great to be able to um, you know work with him as a mentor and then I ended up joining his his team at, at Yahoo and to see the team that he built out there which was incredibly diverse um, and where everyone had a had a voice I think the most important thing is to to feel as though you're working towards making a difference. And I guess you're seeing you're, you're seeing people unable to help people that are being discriminated against. And are you feeling stories? I mean, what, what does it feel like at the minute? Is is there less of it, or is it is it worse? Is it better? Because it's quite often hidden. I think. I think it's. Um, I think it's it's a a tough thing to to talk about. We're in the right place now in terms of people are able to to speak about it. But I think that also means we're going through the hardest point because be, because people are talking about it. Things You're going to see the extent of the, the problem. Last, yeah. Exactly. And things that have been going on for a, a really long time are coming into the light. And that's painful for everyone. Um, I hear quite a lot from my male peers in the industry wondering what's acceptable to say what's what's not um you know if you were to ask me you know if, if you if i were to say to you adam you know that's a great shirt he's wearing a um, a great pink check shirt today nobody you know. says that about what i wear <laughs> but, but that's totally acceptable to say you know it's a you look great today that's also acceptable to say but there are there are there are things that you could say that would that would not be acceptable and i think we know what's the right thing. Um, I think everyone does. You know, thinking about, well, would you be comfortable if someone said that to you? Would you be comfortable saying it to a male peer as you're comfortable saying it to a female peer? Is you know, that's those are, those are not hard questions. Everyone, I think, knows when they're when they're crossing a line. But I think because there's, you know, so much out in the open now, and so much sort of historic stuff coming coming out and being revealed that it's it does feel like a very a very tough time but i think we've we've got to move through that toughness and continue to to support each other um to get you know to get to the good place at the other at the other side what great piece of advice have you had along the way to get you to where you are at the minute and indeed what piece of advice would you impart to anybody who's about to go on journey on their own i think um the thing that comes up for me time and time again, um, and I used to struggle with it a lot as a younger person, but wanting to get everything perfect. And it doesn't have to be. It's it's most important just to get shit done. Oh God, am I allowed to swear? So we might. We're not going on radio. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but effectively, um, you know, like it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. The sooner you get something done, the sooner you can, you can learn from it, take on... 
boards the, the you know the initial feedback and and, and tweak it till yeah. it is perfect but the sooner you get something out the door the better so if you have a burning idea you have something you wanted to get started with don't you know don't sit about worrying about you know building the world's perfect deck to explain it just get out there and do it was that advice that you were given or is that advice that you've sort of developed um i think it's something that i've um i've learned myself going through you know changes in your um, you know, in your personal life and, and realising that no one else is going to do these things unless you just sort of get started with them. And if you get started, you'll find other people who want to come on board and help. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. What's the best bit of advice that you've ever heard? Ooh, um, Cindy Gallup has an amazing piece of advice. When you're going in to ask for a, um, for a pay rise, you should ask for the biggest number you can say out loud without laughing. Wow. Done. Okay, I'm going to remember that. I work for myself, so that might not work at the minute. <laughs> um, is, there, is there a career mentor that you have that guides you? I think um, uh, the most important thing is to enjoy what you're doing, feel that you're making a difference, and then just go out and get shit done. Get don't shit don't done. wait for permission. Just get on with it. <laughs> Gotta say it again. <laughs> get shit done. There you go. <laughs> to hear more, subscribe to the show, and why not leave us a nice review while you're there? as it helps others find us. Let's Do the Right Thing was devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson and was a Maple Street Creative production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.